This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. This morning, Health Minister Christine Elliott announced increased funding for a new uh, treatment for essential tremors. Approximately 4% of Ontarians over 65 are living with this condition that causes uncontrollable shaking that can make it difficult to complete simple tasks like getting dressed. Now, this is a modest move that will help an additional 72 patients get this treatment. It comes weeks after the news that 400 administrative workers will lose their jobs and following the cabinet shuffle that split the health ministry in two. One of the government main campaign promises, of course, was ending hallway medicine. And this is a good opportunity to check in on the progress on that. Joining me, Health Minister and Deputy Premier Christine Elliott. Hello. Hello, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Great. I'm well, thank you. Uh, first of all, this announcement, uh, frankly, a bit unusual to hear about uh, something like that from the Health Minister. Is there anything particularly groundbreaking about this? Yes, this is a, a, a developed in Ontario new treatment for people with the essential tremors that you were just mentioning. It's called um, high-intensity focused ultrasound waves, uh, called HIFU, um, but it's doing wonderful things for people with these tremors. We're, with the funding that we've added, $1.4 million, it'll fund an additional um, treatments for 72 more patients who um, don't respond well to medications. And this treatment uses the uh, basics of the MRI with a specialized helmet that's been developed where they can focus lasers on specific parts of the brain that will um, basically cauterize the, uh, the areas where the tremors are coming from and eliminate them. So this actually is uh, it's it's a wonderful made in Ontario solution to a, a problem that's worldwide, and it's something that we are certainly very proud to support and helps to uh, reduce the hallway healthcare that we're hearing about because this is a treatment where people can go in they're uh, fully conscious. Uh, and they can get up following the treatment and walk out of the hospital. So we don't have people undergoing surgery with the uh, complications and, and threats that that can pose to them personally. But it also is helpful economically in the sense that you can provide these treatments and people don't need a hospital bed to, uh, to uh, take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the number that you have is 4% of Ontarians over 65, and uh, I don't know wh- how, what that adds up to, but it's a lot more than the uh, 96 or so people that are, are uh, you know, going to be getting this treatment. Is that right? Well, actually, the, the 4% of people that have the essential tremors, that they, some of them can be treated with medication, but you're right. There are uh, many people, probably some, several thousand people, that um, uh, don't respond to medication and would need a treatment like this. But what's happening is these uh, 96 patients right now, 
will be treated at UHN and at Sunnybrook. Um, and there are patients from all across Ontario. They receive requests from across the province. I did speak with the, um, the uh, neuro um, surgeon who uh, helped develop this treatment, and he said that with the um, additional money that the province is putting forward, that this will cut their wait times at least in half. So this is good news, and hopefully other hospitals that do have MRI machines will in time, be able to develop the and, and acquire the uh, the helmet as well in order to be able to provide treatment to people geographically closer to where they live. How are uh, you, you, we doing in general at eliminating hallway medicine? Well, we've, we're putting into place a number of um, procedures, treatments, uh, whatever, um, in order to uh, reduce hallway health care. Part of it is in developing further capacity. So we have pledged $27 billion over 10 years for hospital infrastructure spending, and that is proceeding. I was in Ottawa last week to announce a $9 million planning grant for Ottawa General to complete the uh, final stage of planning for their new hospital. So that's part of it. Part of it is in developing more long-term care beds. We have also made significant progress on that as well because we know that there are um, thousands of people in Ontario hospitals now who are alternate level of care. They don't need to be in the hospital, but there isn't anywhere else for them to go right now. No long-term care, and we don't have the home care facilities developed to a point where they can receive them at home. So we're putting that in place to uh, increase the flow through the hospitals and get people to where they want to be, hopefully home. Uh, but um, uh, that that takes a lot of time getting long term care beds on stream. I mean, how what's the timeline on that? Well, some of it is new construction, and that will take uh, probably two years to get some of those places in place. However, there are also some uh, great um, pro- projects that are being worked on right now between hospitals and home care in order to be able to get some of the people who would you would expect might need to go into long-term care, that if they are given the proper rehabilitation treatments and so on and staying active, that they can go from hospital to home with the right home care supports in place. So there are projects that are happening right now, different parts of the province. One is South Lake at Home in uh, the South Lake Hospital in my riding of Newmarket Aurora, where the hospital is working with home care providers to be able to um, get people home from hospital. So that's a much faster, um, better situation, frankly, from a patient's perspective. And they have been able to reduce the um, their alternate level of care rates to almost zero. So how, we're how? looking at projects like that, that can get people home faster. Uh, and also some projects are getting people into um, retirement homes, for example, with the appropriate home care around them with the the object, of course, is to get people home if they can. But if not, they're at least in a more home-like setting than in a hospital. Uh, yeah, I mean, with the home care, I mean, one of the main complaints from people is that they don't get enough. So when, you, when you're talking about a project with South Lake, is that just that there there's more funding for more home care or or how is it why is it just a a project with one hospital 
Well, that was uh, and started in the hospital because they had increasing numbers of um, alternate level of care patients that were staying for long periods of time in the hospital, which isn't good for them. Not good for patients and, and not good for the hospital either. So uh, we recognize that there will need to be more funding for home and community care if we want to uh, have more people have access to it. So we have pledged $267 million more for home and community care. Over, so, over how long? Over, this is going to be for over the next year or so that we're, we're developing those projects now, but that is for the next few years. But in the meantime, South Lake got how much money for this? They didn't get any extra money. This was, we just released some of the usual rules that we have where, um, providers aren't encouraged to speak with each other. We want to release those rules. That's part of the transformation that we're going through. And South Lake developed this project on their own. But it's been remarkably successful and something that we believe in the ministry can be replicated across the province. Uh, you know, you were speaking about retirement homes for pe- people who can't quite go home and need a little bit of extra help. And just yes. last week, uh, there was a, a story here in Toronto about a retirement residence just like that in a fabulous location, one of the few that are reasonably priced, and it's been sold to a developer. Do you have any uh, comment on that? The uh, the people at the city can't really do anything, but uh, the mayor was saying that he wants to have a look at regulations, the regulation that govern uh, the retirement homes uh, to see if there's anything that is, uh, you know, like a loophole allowing these things to fall through the cracks because uh, this is, you know, just one major resource and, and everyone agrees it is going to be extremely difficult for those people to find a comparable place. Well, it's something that, that, we are concerned about uh, because of the we we need to have places for people people to live and the cost of land is so high in um, Toronto and many places across Ontario. Anyone looking to create uh, the first of all a retirement residence or a long term care home is having a lot of difficulty finding property. So what we're looking at provincially is um, and and. And uh, municipally as well, the City of Toronto can help for places that want to build such facilities to um, to assist them in terms of um, some of the locations, the zoning applications, and so on. Um, but you're right, that is a concern. That is something that we want to make sure that we have for the right mixture of housing for people um, throughout their years. And we know that there are some retirement homes right now that do have space available, and we do have some pilot projects where we are um, releasing people from hospital into those retirement homes with the appropriate home care supports in place because that will be their residence and they need they need home care support. So that's what we want to set up as much as possible. But we do need to have that mixture. You're right. It is a concern. Mm-hmm. And again, what's the timeline in getting these things set up? Well, some of these pilot projects with retirement homes are already happening in certain parts of the province. And we are looking at the possibility of expanding them for those residences that uh, that do have the extra space. Some of them don't. And so it's not a possibility, but for those that do, it, it looks like it's a, it's a great uh, project for both people, for patients, first of all, uh, for the providers in hospitals, but also for the retirement homes. 
I'm I'm also curious in in terms of these arrangements for home care. Uh, you know, I don't want to get in the weeds about the administration, but it was done by CCAC. Uh, yeah. I believe CCAC is gone and the Lins are gone. So how is it being coordinated? Well, the CCACs, you're right, have been merged um, into the LINs, and the LINs are still there. Um, it, we are in transition, moving them, uh, the health care and home care, from the LINs to the um, Ontario Health to do the administration, but the local Ontario health teams, once they're selected, will be the ones that will also coordinate that community care in their geographic area. And when will that happen? We are expecting to have the first teams in place by this fall. Uh, we are going to do it uh, as, a, as a series, so we will have a number of teams in place as we work on development with some of the other teams. So some of them, they, we had 157 applications that applied to become local Ontario health teams. We've gone through them. We are about to make a, a selection in the next short while of the teams that have demonstrated their readiness. We want them to complete the full application now where they will be reviewed in detail to make sure that uh, if the team is selected as a local Ontario health team, they will be ready to go on the ground to take over the roles that the LINs are currently providing. And we need to make sure that they include all of the healthcare providers in the area that are providing services that people need. And that will be a very thorough process, but we are moving um, as quickly as we can with that in mind. And as I said, I hope to have the first teams in place by this fall. As part of the larger transformation, there's there's a lot of concern about uh, moving the agencies into the uh, the Super Ontario Health Agency. I'm talking about Trillium Gift of Life, Cancer Care Ontario, and the like. Where are you at on that? We are moving forward with it. I mean, to explain to people why we're doing it, to provide integrated care, better care to people, coordinated care, um, is, is easy to explain, but how to do it has, um, a thousand moving parts. But we are approaching it in a very comprehensive way. We have teams of people that are working on it. We are very encouraged by the enthusiasm and uh, willingness of healthcare providers um, by hospitals, long-term care facilities, home care facilities, and all of the the professionals. Um, how um, pleased they are that this is happening because they want to provide this type of care to their patients, but have not been able to because of mostly government restrictions. So we want to um, release the restrictions to allow them to provide that kind of care, but we're doing it in a very uh, controlled and thoughtful way that is going to provide the best possible care to patients and not have care in any way be diminished in any respect. We want to improve care, enhance care, and integrate care. Okay. Health Minister Christine Elliott, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Libby. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.